everybody, and welcome to Puck Off here on JDF Sports here on Tuesday night. Uh, I am your host, Chris Nozick, waiting on my co-host, Dylan James, who is going through some technical issues at the moment. Hopefully, we can have him on real soon. Uh, Nick Newton already jumping in. Yes, it is time for hockey here on JDF Sports. Uh, let's go Bruins, baby. Stanley Cup, here we come. Uh, glad you made that comment. It really helps me introduce the surprise guest of the night uh, for now. Uh, hopefully, again, we get Dylan on shortly. But please help me welcome Kevin O'Keefe back to the show. He's been on a couple times here. Uh, we're definitely going to have some Bruins talking here tonight as well. Uh, Nick, as I mentioned, uh, he says, where's Dilbo Baggins at? Uh, Dylan is working through some computer issues, so fingers crossed he gets on here shortly. Uh, but Kevin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow because there's actually another Bruins game. On. I know. I know. It seems like it's a year and a half in between each game. So it the schedule this year has been awful, not just for Boston. I, I want to make sure that everybody knows I'm not complaining about that just from a Boston perspective. How many nights have we looked at the schedule and had three games? Right. Exactly. Or one game or two games. And it, and and it just what are we doing? Who planned this? <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird. And, you know, and for the and for the Bruins, namely, it, it's going to be tough when the end of the year comes and they're playing every other night and they're gasping for air when they've gotten a bye week every other week in the beginning of the season. Yeah. What's Insane. the point of that? You've, you've weakened your product at the end of the year when the playoffs are, especially for this Boston team, they're going to be on the line because right. they're not running away with it. They're not playing like Florida or Carolina with this kind of schedule. You're, you know, you're not seeing the, the Tampa Bay wagon that we've seen the last couple of years. Like, like you said, it, it's, it's almost every other week you get a game or two and then you take a week off two games, maybe. And then a week off it, it it's, it's been, there's been no rhythm to it. Uh, I, I mean, I know, I understand that they have to work around other things at these venues, but three games in one night is not. And, and of course they're all West coast games. Right, well, exactly. Two of the three. One of them's at seven o'clock Eastern time, and then the other ones are both of them at ten thirty. And it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> and then not only that, on top of it, you also have the um, supposed. We'll see if they cut the cord on it, but the Olympic break that's going to be another two weeks. So, yep. yep, the Olympic break will be another couple weeks. I am looking forward to the Olympic break only because I want to see the teams that each country puts on the ice. Oh, absolutely. For the for for the Olympic, you know, realm of it, and to see the hockey that's going to be played, it's going to be great. But for teams like the Bruins and you know some others, it's going to be rough when you've already gone so far in between games to start the season to have another two weeks off. Now, I read something recently where supposedly Carey Price is in line to start for Team Canada. Right, if I, you I are a that. Montreal fan. If if he actually makes those starts for Team Canada, are you pissed? Are you like, how would you feel? You know what I mean? Like that that would be the equivalent for us of seeing you know Tukarask start you know in three weeks for Team Finland. A little bit different surgery versus to stepping away from the team for you know personal reasons. A lot less you know 
it, it's a lot easier cord to cut when someone physically goes under for surgery. Right. I mean, I personally don't feel like I'd be annoyed by it if I was a Habs fan, because maybe that'd be a step in the right direction for him to come back to my team. But if he were to go and play and then step away again and not come back to the team, then I'd be annoyed. Now, do you think that would mean that he's looking at life past Montreal? Maybe he wants out of Montreal? Because don't forget, they've also lost Shea Weber now. I want to say yes, because he also did make himself available for Seattle. He didn't have to do that. He decided, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and make myself available. Maybe he hoped that he got picked. Maybe he hoped he got picked. I mean, let's 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 be real too. He just made his best effort ever for a Stanley Cup with that team and fell short. Yes. And he knows he's seen it time and time again for teams that make a run like that, they just they end up falling off. We saw it with Dallas. We've seen it with Vegas, sort of. And they're slated for a giant drop off now that they don't have Flurry and and they're just looking like a disaster right now. Oh yeah, we've seen it time and time again. He just may be ready to be done with Montreal. Yeah, and you know I would be too. I, I don't think the franchise is really going in the right direction, regardless of how they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals last season. I I, I don't really see them. I see that kind of as like a Dallas run where it was one of those Cinderella type things. Um, had the divisions been normal and had they had to go through the East, there's no way they're making it past Tampa or the Islanders or even the Bruins or as much as I don't want to say Toronto to get to that cup final. I don't believe. I mean, well, I they through Toronto in the division. Oh, they did. You're right. They did. You're right. They did do that. Um, so let's, all right. So perfect. I didn't want to say it anyway, so that's a better reason to not have to say it, but the Boston's and the Islanders and, um, you know, Tampa, of course, I mean, they got absolutely, even though it was a good Stanley cup final, they did get handled pretty well by Tampa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Outside from everything between the two creases, it was a complete and utter slaughter fest. Yes. He's the reason why they were even remotely in it. We got Michael jumping in, apologizing for being late. Michael, sorry, you're here every week. You always show up. Uh, you missed it a little bit, but we got Dylan hopefully working through some computer issues. So I've got Kevin joining me right now and um, looking forward. Actually, Michael's Minnesota Wild have been in the news as they are supposedly shopping Kevin Fiala to the Rangers. Uh, Michael, definitely want to get your thoughts on What's developing there in Minnesota for, for your, your guys up there? Uh, obviously, right now, they are playing very well overall. Kareel is actually scoring again, which some people thought that that wasn't going to happen for some odd reason. That's like Ovechkin going without a goal for two games and then finding the net eight times in one. Right. <clears throat> um, you know, but, you know, they're leading the Western right now, 23 points. They overtook St. Louis for first place. Um yeah, he's saying Vancouver was uh, was a target here for is that for Fiala, Mike? Um, I, I there, there's a lot of options for Minnesota. Um, there's been some names tossed around for trade. Um, man, I can't wait now, till we get Boston thrown in there. My question is, why move him? I, honestly, I haven't been too up to date on it, so I'm wondering why Minnesota is looking to move them, especially when they are at the top of the standings over in the West. 
Well, and and Michael, I'm sure can much better attest to this than I can, being being as inversed as he is or enveloped mm-hmm. as he is in that. But it sounds like there's just some personality clash going on there. Okay. From my understanding of the situation, he's not fitting. Um, yep, that was one that I had heard Michael JT Miller for Fiala. Uh, the Rangers are supposedly interested in. I want to know from Michael what package he would want to see from, you know, whether it's Vancouver. And I know JT Miller is also kind of falling out of favor with Vancouver. So that is almost a my problem for your problem kind of deal. Um, I just don't know if that's enough for a guy like Fiala. I mean, it, I, th- I think if I were Minnesota with being in the hunt the way they are, I'd definitely be looking for a comparable player back because um, Fiala right now has, what, 12 points in 18 games? He's playing well. Yeah, he, um, he's definitely playing well. So they're going to need some. They're, they're going to need to replace that. I don't think they're going to be looking for, for you know, like a kind of like a package that you'd be getting for like a rebuild or anything like that. Yeah, there we go. Fiala, the coach. I know Dumba's name has been mentioned a few times in some trade rumors as well. I'll take um, Dumbo. Well, I mean, I'd take Fiala too. These yeah, aren't, these aren't bad players. No, I would. I, I would take Fiala if we didn't already have. How much is he making? Do you know the contract? Um, I'll take a look because I know it's it's Fiala is an interesting piece at, at, on the wing. Dumba's got ten points in eighteen games. Fiala's got twelve in eighteen games. They're both racking up assists, eight and nine apiece, respectively. Um, you know, they're both young, 24 and 25. Oh, yeah. I like shot left wing. I wonder if it, I wonder a team that could use a left shot left wing. I mean, there's a few. Absolutely. Um, um Michael and I know- is a 5.1 million dollar deal. We'll take a look here. You were saying? Um, because I wonder when it comes to the Rangers, they're looking for Middle six help because of their loss of, um, you know, their middle six four that they just lost. Uh, so, Bly, right? Yes, is yeah. Bly. So I don't know if, if Minnesota is looking to get another middle six forward back. I don't, I, that kind of puts um, the Rangers in the same position they were in, wouldn't it? Still looking for another middle six forward if they're not able to pull something off. Yeah, if, if they're not able to pull something off, um, so from what I'm seeing is Fiala's deal is 5.1, and then he's an RFA. Oh, okay. That, that's the worst part is he's an RFA. He's going to want to raise. So wonder, you got to be ready to pay this guy probably seven. I, yeah, I wonder what his qualifying offer would be. Uh, I can do the math on that. Uh, Dumba is at six. He's a UFA. You got this year and next year on him. Oh, sign me up for the for the Dumba trade for Boston. Oh yeah, and the <laughs> reason why I, yeah, <laughs> the reason why I say no for the Fiala one is just because we have Taylor Hall and Brad Marchand. I mean, if if we didn't have one of those two, I'd say yes, go for it because you could pay him the money to be a top six guy. I wouldn't be against shipping DeBrusco to try and fill that need in uh, in New York. With yes, that, with, with that middle six forward, absolutely. Because in return, I heard they're sh- they are shopping Ryan Strom. Now you would have to give up a little bit more than DeBrusque, but I'd do it. He's young, and he's a second line center in my opinion. So let's see, Strom is at eleven, yeah, eleven points, fourteen games, nine assists. That's that's what you're missing in David Krejci right now. 
Exactly. That that's your David Krejci piece. Uh, Michael saying they desperately didn't need a number one center. That's what a lot of uh, a lot of us were hoping to trade Dumba for. Uh, so let's take let's let's take a look at some of the the top line centers that are out there. And Brian, this guy also showing up again as always. Little late, Brian. You know what? We were all a little late today. Uh, <laughs> Dylan working through some computer issues. We'll hopefully be on in a little while, um, but he'll be the latest of all of us. So you still beat Dylan. Don't worry about that. And I'm here um, eating my dinner. So yeah, well, you know, I, I, I pulled Kevin off of his dinner. So, uh, but it, you know what? That's what we do for for hockey, right? So it's. Um, I know, and, and right now the Rangers, they have. Well, my uh, computer decided to go crazy on me for a minute here. the The Rangers have their own work that needs to be done as well, uh, especially in that middle six. I mean, if they were getting production out of one Alexi Lafreniere, they wouldn't be in this mess where they need a middle six forward. Exactly. If they didn't lose Sammy Bly, they wouldn't be in this mess. Um, but my question is, and and Michael, I want to know from you. I know you mentioned getting a top line center for Matt Dumba, but who? What team out there is trading a top line center? And I know you mentioned JT Miller uh, in that Fiala option, but JT Miller, he's good. But that that to me, that's not enough for Dumba. It sounds like if you want to trade like that to happen, you're gonna to have to hope that San Jose is moving hurdle. Yeah, And that would be a UFA for a UFA. I'm not quite sure if just Dumba could nab Hurdle. I mean, I think maybe, but I think there might have to be a little bit more on the Minnesota um, side to kind of make it work. But if there, if it's a UFA for a UFA, it could just be a, a clean swap. Um, could be. I'm pulling up Sano to say to see what, because um, Hurdle is at, he's at 5.6. So the money's pretty close. You, I just you know, wonder if I just wonder if San Jose would be looking for more of a pick prospect package for that instead of that's, a UFA. I, I yeah, think that yeah, would be the route yeah. they would go. It, yeah, if you're giving up Hurdle, who's 28 years old, and you're not re-signing him as your number one center, like that means you're playing and and you're doing as well as they are. Let's face it, they're not Arizona, they're not Buffalo. Uh, Michael saying he'd throw in Greenway. Uh, I'm I'm not sure they'd be looking at a throw-in piece though. I feel like Dumba's the piece that they say, okay, that makes the money work. Now, like we also want a first-round pick, and now you're trying to balance out the value of a first-round pick and Dumba with Hurdle and dot dot dot. If you it know, was a sign-in trade, though, that could be a whole different story. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, Dumba is not old. He is no. still young. No, you got Dumba is, uh, let's see, Dumba is 27 and Hurdle's 28. It works. I mean, they and, they, gotta, and it, they both can sign eight-year deals. And then they could maybe, I don't know how they'd feel about it, but if they could possibly waive one, buy out one of those defenseman contracts, I, it might hurt. I, I don't know who, though. Maybe well, Flaccid. Oh yeah, you mean uh, San Jose? Yeah. The thing is, is their defense playing all right? I mean, sorry, John over at Hattrick Hobbies, but even even Eric Carlson is not having as a bad, bad a year as we want to, to. You know, we want to give him credit for. You know, he's he's staying healthy, eight points in twelve games. It's good. 
averaging 22 minutes of ice time, like I'm not going to say Eric Carlson is back to being Eric Carlson, but he's, he's playing not $11 million Eric Carlson. Exactly. And but he was never going to be $11 million Eric Carlson. Right. If you're paying him 11 million and this is the guy you're getting, sorry, but that's, you're not cutting that guy. You're not buying him out. You, you might be able to retain half the salary in a deal and get a first round pick as part of it. But right. I mean, I, I, but again, when you're, when you're San Jose right now, you are, you're leading your division pretty much. Um, I know they're up there. I'm trying to get the exact standings right now in front of me, but they're, they've been fighting for it. They're in a playoff spot. Right. I uh, think, aren't they fighting with uh, Vancouver? Or is it Vegas? They are. They're they're flirting back and forth with Vegas for the four spot. Okay, that's what it was. Yep. Right now they are three points back. Vegas has twenty two points. San Jose has uh, nineteen. But Vegas they have a game in hand on Vegas. Okay. So it's both of whom have at least three games played on the Bruins. What the fuck? Right. I know. It's gonna it's gonna be funny too when the Bruins absolutely waste all those games in hand too and then it's just it just doesn't even matter (laughs) but uh, (laughs) and and i i do get where he's coming from with uh jt miller uh where michael was coming from uh, coming from as far as moving fiala for that package but i would try to take somebody else out of vancouver because jt miller is a solid player i just think that (laughs) Or what you're giving up, you could do better. I mean, he is a point per game kind of guy, so I wouldn't complain about it. But eh, doesn't excite me as much as as what you already have in Minnesota. How's Garland playing? I I, I don't think they'd trade him. I'm just curious because I was just thinking about him as an option, but I highly doubt they would trade him after just acquiring him. Games. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's he's got like 14, 15 points in 19 games. I think yeah. Connor Gar I think the Connor Garland, you know, like what they're what they've got going there in Minnesota, there there's there's something missing. And I don't even think they know what it is at this point. I think it's another center. I mean, you've got Pedersen, Horvat, Miller can play center. Oh, sorry, I was talking about for Minnesota. I thought we Oh, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm talking about um uh, Vancouver. I might have said Minnesota. Um, he's might might be into a bidding war for Fiala. That that would work out for Minnesota, especially with the fact that he has the extra year. If you can use him until the deadline and somehow get a first round pick out of it, that's good for Minnesota. Um, I mean, if he hasn't changed his issues until that. Well, I mean, if if you're not getting along with the head coach, that's okay, fine. It is what it is. Not everybody gets along. Right. Oh, man. Sweeney, pick up the phone. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that would be tough for me with Fiala coming to Boston is what would the return be? If if DeBrusque is a part of it, that's fine. But I I actually think Boston could put put together a better package in a bidding war for Fiala. They they could because they could give them DeBrusque. They could give them a guy like um, another Ford prospect that may be knocking on the door a bit like Lauko. Um, I like him. I wouldn't. I I do too. I I do too. But I have a feeling this is the type of guy they'd be asking for. 
Um, I, I mean, I don't want to say Studnika, but at the same time, I kind of want to sell high on him because I'm See, that's, not quite that's what sure I would do. he's going to pan out. I, I would I would try and because you got to make up six million bucks. Yeah. I you know the get you halfway there. You still need another three million. You know that that's where you try and find out. Maybe they take one of your three million dollar middling left defensemen, like a Mike Riley or Derek Forbert. Uh, Forbert has the modified no trade clause by some miracle, so it would have to be Riley. I. Yeah, because there's no way they're gonna take. Well, I mean, well, that maybe would, that would make your right side defense be McAvoy, Carlo, and Fiala. I I just don't see it happening. That's almost too good of a of a right side defense. You mean Dumba? Uh, uh sorry, Fiala. Um, oh wait, we were talking Fiala, weren't we? Yes. Sorry, my bad. It's all good. <laughs> um, no, I mean, so basically on our on our left side, it would be Martian. Hall Fiala, which would be disgusting. Um, oh god, it'd be disgusting. And then on the right side, you'd have Pasternak, Smith, who seems like he's getting it going a bit, which I'm happy he's for. Hurt. He seems healthy. He seems like he's healthier. Yeah, so. I think he's coming around a little bit. And, and let's mm-hmm. uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but let's uh, let's let's actually give credit where it's due on that left side. You'd have Martian Hall Fiala. Anton bleed. Let's not oh, yeah. leave him out. That kid I will not. is yeah. in that left wing job. <laughs> Honestly, Anton bleed to me was a player last year when I saw him play that I said to myself, I like what I'm seeing. And Frederick it seems like, Vendable. yeah. And it seems like he has stepped right, it up even that. more. Yeah. <laughs> he stepped it up even more now. And to me, a guy like Bleed is exactly what this team needed for that fourth line. He has energy. He keeps the puck hemmed in to the zone. He has a little bit of offensive flair to him. He's perfect. He's He's got some size. That I fourth like line should be Bleed, Noshik, and um, Lazar. Yes. And if Lazar starts falling off a bit, a guy like Oscar Steen, I think, would be great for that line, too. I, I like him in the center role. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him. the The problem is, is now you have so many veteran guys in that middle six, and it's just not working. I'm not liking what I see from Halla. Folino has only been okay. He's been right. hurt, so that doesn't help. He's also not playing in the best position right now. I'd rather see him on that third line for sure. I I just don't see him as much of a top six guy anymore. No. No, but and, you and need Smith to get going for that to happen. Maybe you move on from Smith. He's three point one. Yeah, and then I believe he has one more year after this year. Um, Smith and DeBrusque. There's six point seven right there. Yeah, you bring in Fiala, and then but then you're looking at having to fill in someone on the right side, um, because that's gonna be pretty thin. If you're okay. if you're going with Pasternak and Felino as your two top six guys well no i i hmm. and i feel like at that point you'd be going uh down the middle you're still gonna go with um with um bergeron and coil coil has to step it up though he's playing like a three c even though they're playing him at the two c he's like a he's like a fringe he's playing like i'd say a fringe two c 
Yeah, exactly. He's like a fringe guy right now. Like he's a, he's exactly what he is. He's a middle six forward who should be on the third line, but can play second line minutes for you decently effectively. Uh, that's pretty much what I'll do right there. They, hmm. you just got to get it going with Hall. And I don't know if that's going to happen like, without I more. I don't help. like that pair. I don't like. I don't see from them what I see with Marshawn and Bergeron. I oh, don't see that connection. It, it's just not there. And that's and that's okay. It doesn't have to be. But Hall needs to have that with somebody. Right. And he doesn't need a center to facilitate his offense. What he no, needs he, he is a facilitator himself. He needs somebody exactly. to score. Exactly. And that's why I think if they can figure out a way to make it work, Hall and Pasternak together on the same line, I'm I'm all for it. Like I yeah, signed me up. It, it doesn't matter. It should have been crazy. Can we admit that? It should have been David Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But, you know, say maybe a guy like Hala with his speed and creativity, he could go in between those two and help them out. It, and even if it was Coyle, that's fine. He's very good at taking the puck away and controlling the puck the net and too. keeping it and drives the net. Exactly. It'd I be think a garbage still, goal cleaner. <laughs> right. I think the issue with that line right now is that Coyle, Coyle and Hall don't really – have a ton of chemistry together and they've just had a rotation of wingers on their right side and it's really messing with them and they're not able to really get it going or gel. Um, I mean, you kind of saw it with Krejci and Pasternak whenever those two got together, it didn't really create fireworks, but it definitely could have worked had they had another guy to help facilitate that. Like Taylor Hall. Exactly. Like a Taylor (laughs) Hall. (laughs) Sorry, Sweeney, you, you, the, the boat sailed on that one long before you pulled the trigger on it. Right. But there are, I mean, there are certain teams that are, even though they're in the basement, I don't see them making a lot of moves. For instance, the Islanders. They're not going to all of a sudden start selling. Although I know they like Sorokin. Maybe they try and see what they can get for a guy like Varlamov. Yeah, they could. And you know who would come knocking on the door for him? It's 100% Edmonton. They should. Edmonton right. needs to be working the phones for a goaltender. Period. End of story. I don't care. Name any goaltender. At this point, they should be calling Pittsburgh for Tristan freaking Jari. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> hey, he, he got him to the playoffs. Yes, he did do he that. He blew it for him in the playoffs, but he got him there. Yes. <laughs> Um, if I was Edmonton, I would be praying to God that Boston doesn't bring back Tuka Rask in that. I just don't know if there. Rask wants to fly all the way across the country, go to Canada, and play <laughs> that far away from where he's from. Like, I – it's going to be so tough for them, too, because, like, you could call Seattle and try and get Grubauer or Dreiger, and either one of them are playing very well, yep. buy low on one of them. Vancouver, they're probably not parting with any of their guys. Los Angeles, Jonathan Quick is a king for life. He'd be the one you could pry away. Pedersen's not going anywhere. San Jose, Vegas, Anaheim, Calgary, they're not doing anything to help you out. So now you got to look. Let's look at the other team in the Central. Arizona, eh, you don't want anybody on that team. No. I mean, at least not in, not in Edmonton. No goaltender is going to help you from them. Um, although they did have that one kid who played pretty well. Problem is, is I think you'd have to um, give up a lot for him because he would be valuable in a rebuild. I'm trying to pull up the name right now. 
Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I, I feel like every goaltender they had is not there anymore. So, uh, veg, veg, I think you could pry away Carter Hutton. Yeah, he because they got Scott Wedgwood and that Velmeca, who's played really yeah. well. But again, he's young enough. I I don't see them just saying, "Oh yeah, let's give away our 25 year old goaltender who's." play you know above 90 save percentage 3.06 goals against average in 13 games yes he's one nine and one but look at the team in front of him like that that's that one nine and one record has a huge asterisk 3.06 goals against average with that shit show in front of him right it, it's almost miraculous yeah it's, it's the same thing to build around it's the same talking point as all Mark with Buffalo. It's, you know, and he had winning numbers. So that actually makes his case a bit better. Right. And then Wedgwood is, is 29. He's three, three and two. He's been hurt a little bit. Um, goals against average 2.44 save percentage in nine twenty two. You're, you're not going to pry a sub 30 year old goaltender from a team. That's about to go into one of the most historic rebuilds and possibly relocating at the same time. Right. Like that's just not who they're going to give up. Especially at a price that you want to pay if you're Edmonton, Flurry, Flurry in Chicago, the money just doesn't work. I don't no, see it. it. I don't see it. But I mean, unless Chicago was willing to retain salary, which I don't, which I don't know why they wouldn't. Buy by first round pick. Yeah, it's only a year. You know, unless you, <laughs> sorry, unless you get a third team involved, <laughs> we've seen that happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Someone could easily facilitate it. I don't know if Detroit can anymore. Do they already have three of those on the books? I don't know. Uh, something um, like that. But, it, I mean, it, yes, I, Iserman would be the one to get creative about doing that. But they might actually only have two. They might actually only have two retained salaries on the books right now. If They they might have one left in them for this deadline. Okay. Oh, oh my God. Hold the phone. Dylan is here. I'm telling you what, uh, before I even get started, because I've been listening to the entire thing, thanks, Kevin, for joining us this evening um, as a very last-minute but special guest, as always. So thank you. Um, I have to say something. I have had this laptop. I have a Lenovo laptop. I've had it since 2015. That's your problem. And that's my problem. (laughs) Um, Running on an 8 gigs of RAM, 1 terabyte hard drive, Old school, um, very very old laptop, and uh, yeah, I've I've ordered a laptop. I, I I saw this coming. I saw the writing on the wall. I ordered a laptop from HP, custom made. But guess what happened? Corona happened, and all these you know uh, these shipping containers off of the East Coast and all this. While Kevin's eating his burrito, I was just gonna say, I, I, sorry, I'm listening to you rant about the, this this whole chip shortage and all this. That I just I, looked out and I'm, I see him. Just, I'm assuming that's so happening, Brian. Your storage, but yeah, thank also, you for thank you for being so welcoming, Brian. Perfect um, time. Yes. So I he's been waiting. I've been mic, waiting I for this tell. laptop since October 18th. October 18th is when I ordered this laptop. It's already been paid for. It's it's it just needs to come in now. So please come in. Um. So I'll have my rant this evening about HP. Um. As my as my last comment. Um. But I have to say one thing. I know you guys were talking about Kevin Fiala. I'm sorry to break up the monotony of uh, Boston Bruins talk, which I'm sure fans are appreciative of. Uh, yeah, I, 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 we had more in there. Well, I'm, I'm we're going kidding. through Edmonton right now. Okay, name a goaltender you want them to trade for. I actually have a couple names I'm going to throw out there, but then you showed up and and. You know, thanks. 
We only um, talked about Boston for like five minutes. When it was oh, a lot more than that. Uh, it, was, it was it was a few half hours more than that. <laughs> I would have to say Edmonton should go after Mark Andre Fleury. However, um, the I gotta, what I was going to I, say I was a better option for you. Earlier, we were talking about you guys were talking about Kevin Fiala in Minnesota. Interesting thing is though, the same reason why they're trying to deal him right now is the same reason why Nashville got rid of him in the first place. He had trouble oh. with the coach. He had trouble with Peter Laviolette. And if that's the situ- situation in in Minnesota, um, that's something that teams should t- get a careful eye on. Um, Peter Laviolette, I mean, and especially you see what happened with Kyle Turris too. Kyle Turris was having issues with the coach as well. And P- Peter Laviolette was sitting him for a you know, healthy scratch several games in a row because of the way things were going with those two. Peter Laviolette left, Kyle Turris left. Peter Laviolette's still a head coach of a team right now, but Kyle Turris is, what, I think he's on the on the AHL team for Edmonton right now? Maybe. If he's, <laughs> if he's, if he's with Edmonton right now, he's not playing meaningful minutes. So I, I think what's happening is it's a Kevin Fiala situation. Kevin Fiala is not... I don't know. I don't know what's happening with his personality. I don't know if he's because it's because he's upset with how many minutes he's not playing. Um, I don't know, but something needs to change, and I think it needs to happen all from Kevin Fiala, not necessarily the coaching staff itself. That's my two cents on it. So I just wanted to throw that out there as well because I've been building it up since I've been waiting here, looking at my blue screen of death um, on my Lenovo. Well, comment. I know, but I mean, I, I I don't do well with typing that many words, and I, it wouldn't look looked good on the screen. I've been mean, too big of a comment. All right, now John it is makes saying, sense. Yeah. Kevin, John is saying it. Tuka Rasta Edmonton. So first off, John, what's up? I almost I almost had to reach out to John because Dylan wasn't around. Kemphill is better than HP. Oh yes, he is. He's better than HP for sure. Tonight he is anyway. Let HP, me just say. He at least delivers on time. He, oh, he, he delivers the puck into the net on time compared to my laptop, which is still waiting, probably sitting in China still until I actually get it. And I'm hey. supposed to get it December 7th, but obviously that's not going to happen. All right, fine. Well, we'll see. Let me just say real quick for the, the uh, Tuka Rasta Edmonton comment. The only way I think that's going to happen is one, if Boston doesn't want him back, Two, if no teams in the East want him, uh, in the you know the Atlantic slash Metro want him, um, I think then you'd have a very good chance if he is that desperate and really wants to play in the NHL. I was gonna say I I have a feeling you could see him. This would actually be very interesting. I, I think there are so many other teams above Edmonton just because it just proximity to his family. That's all. If if he's going to look to go for a run, as weird as it would be, watch out for Toronto. I think that's a sleeper. I know they have Campbell. They have, um, uh, was it Mrazek they just signed as well? But Mrazek is not healthy. Campbell's still unproven. And Rask is better than both of them. Right. And if he's going to sign cheap and he wants to win a cup, what better way to give the entire league the middle finger than helping the Toronto fucking Maple Leafs lift the cup? <laughs> Big full circle for him, too. Exactly. Sorry, John. Uh, uh, I'll pop it up. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I got it. I got it. That's my fine. job. Fine. Fine. <laughs> hey, John, tell me I'm wrong. 
tell me I'm wrong. How how is that not a? I don't want to say it's a good fit because that would be so wrong to see as a Bruins fan. But pull your Bruins hat off for five minutes. What is the most pained organization in the league that is more mocked than the Toronto Maple Leafs because they can't get past the first round? How do you feel about Toronto's defense this year, though? Uh, it's always a question. They have so it, it's always going to be a question. They have too much money invested up front to so, not have question marks on defense. So, what do you think the over under of Tuka Rass snap sticks and mental breakdowns would be playing behind that defense? Uh, about seventy. <laughs> That's good. That's a good baseline. <laughs> But they're playing well enough, and he would have offense. And yes, John, good offense, really good offense. Okay, let's the good offense is like Colin Connor McDavid. Nah, he's kind of fast. No, he's fucking fast. They have really good offense. It is what it is. Their offense drags that small defense along year in and year out. And in the past, what? Five, seven years, they've had no goaltending, at least when it matters. So they would, and again, proximity. Toronto from, from Boston is not that far compared to Edmonton from Boston. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. Would he want to stay in the States, though, just due to the COVID stuff and traveling and all that type of thing? I'm not sure. I mean, he'll look for some type of something Maybe, but, and you know, if he's going to go and try and win a cup, it eliminates a, a, a bunch of teams, you know, what, not St. Louis, not Minnesota. They're not going to make that move. You know, St. Louis is committed to Bennington. They think he's their guy. I think they're wrong, but, you know, fine. At the end I of the would, day, I, I think he need him. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think he ends up in Boston anyway, so it's it's not going to really even be. I mean, I just I, guess. I just see Sweeney just easily saying, "Yeah, we're going to bring you back." So that's what I'm saying. But that that is also the one thing that Sweeney does that does that he does really really well is he brings back his own guys. Yeah, and he's going to bring them back for a case of Bud Light and a bag of potato chips. So, yeah. so uh, according to Rask, John. Saying that I don't think Bruins D are any better than Toronto at this point. Past McAvoy, straight, straight poopy. He he's not going to save him. No, I didn't. I, I didn't say he's going to save him. Um, and actually, Dylan, I, I think I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago. I think it's a two year deal between two and three million. Yeah. To return to Boston, and that's what I'm sticking with. I I um I I agree that Boston's defense probably isn't that much better or better at all than Toronto's at the moment, but. Grizzlick is playing well, in my opinion. I think he's still pretty good defensively. He needs some more offense out of him, of course. Uh, Carlo, he had a little stretch where he wasn't doing as well. He's bouncing back a bit. I think Carlo uh, started off the year very strong, though. And he's you got the next Bobby Orr in Forbert. He's important. Uh, yeah. Forbert's, Forbert, he's, he's a tough one for me, though, because I don't want to see him on that top pairing. No. But he plays well at times. But he just shouldn't be there. I think he'd be much better suited on the third pairing, right side of the third pairing. Um, Forbert Zaboral, third pair. Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to see Zaboral go up. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Zaboral with 
I think he'll eventually play his way into pairing with McAvoy. I absolutely agree with you. I just made Whoa. a tweet about that not too long Sorry. ago. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Um, yeah, I agree. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working in the background. Sorry. How's yeah, um, Eckler? None, none, none of our graphics got done because his computer was down. And Okay. I, listen. By the time I knew that, I couldn't. I didn't have time to frantically get them all done but we were trying to solve and and john wants to get um hp dylan back on into the fold here uh he's asking about duchene duchene's playing really well is he not Dylan? he's killing it he's he's putting up the numbers that nashville was expecting him to put up when they first signed him in nashville the the white whale as as uh, D- david poyle puts it i mean his white whale for years he has been playing the way that he's wanted to play. Um, he, he's he's producing. I think the biggest thing is he's finishing. Um, that's the biggest thing we weren't seeing out of Duchesne the past two seasons. And it's something that, I mean, he, he's been driving to the net. He's been getting in the dirty areas. He's been getting to the net. Um, but then the his puck luck was, has been terrible. I mean, he just was not able to finish, get it in the back of the net um, and get goals for the Preds. But now he is. He's one of he's the top goal scorer on the Predators right now, um, and he continues to produce offense for that line. Um, him and Granny together are fantastic. The biggest line that we saw two seasons ago when he first started with the National Predators was Duchesne, Granny, and Forsberg. That line was almost unstoppable for the first few weeks of the season. Then John Hines had a brain fart and decided to change it. I don't know why he just did. Um, so I mean, I, I think that's something that we're gonna have to look at once Forsberg gets back into the fold. It looks like he might be getting back into the fold. Uh, Matthew Olivier just got sent down to the AHL and he was on the third pa- on the fourth line. Um, and so it looks like he might be coming back from from his week to week basis um, and cracking the lineup once again. Um, but Forsberg has been out for a few weeks now um, and Duchesne has really stepped up offensively for this team. All right. So two questions. And I want to circle back because we were trying to solve the goaltending problem for Edmonton. And I want to circle back to them. In just a minute, John wants to know though: Is Roman Yossi playing well enough for the Norris? And my other question to you is: What's going on with Cody Glass right now? Cody Glass is still a project. I, I think that we've kind of found out that Vegas doesn't do well with developing players. I don't think they do. I, I think that or Cody Glass was, them. or holding on to them as well. But the biggest thing is, is they have been great at acquiring talent that's already developed. And we have not seen a star develop in Vegas yet that is an well, every night contributor. Cody Glass was supposed to be the first one. He was their very first draft pick. Was supposed to be, but he was not yet. Let's not forget, though, Vegas has not had nearly as many drafts as people want to think, and they've traded a lot of draft picks in their True. day. Absolutely. So it's not like they're, they're, they're having... You know, four. You know, they 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 they've been around what now? They're in year five, is it? And I'm five? not. I'm not. I'm not knocking well, their development had a total whatsoever. Of Thirty-five draft picks, and they've probably traded thirty of them. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm. What I'm saying is, is with the development of a player, it, it an organization, it takes time. It takes time to build this system, like we see in Los Angeles, like we see, um, in, in you know. Uh, Trying to think what other Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has some great development and development and players from the drafts that um, uh, Iserman 
put in place there for Tampa Bay. Just so, wait till next year. Detroit will be on the list. Detroit will be on the list too. They're I mean, not already. I mean, let's face, let's face it. They're they're developing really quick over there. They are. They are. I mean, I, the biggest thing I, I think it's just de- development there. It takes a while for an organization to hone in on their developmental skills. They haven't gotten there yet, and that's why a player like Cody Glass, who was expected to be a big star player for Vegas, didn't reach that. That's the reason why they traded him in the first place. They they weren't seeing the development they thought they were going to, and so now they send him to a team where Nashville, they're not very good at developing forwards. That's not <laughs> something Nashville's known for. We're not known when for developing Nashville forwards. When does Nashville At this point, I feel as though... There, it's like there has to be a straw that breaks the camel's back for Nashville. We've seen players come yeah, players in and out of the organization. Kevin Fiala, like talking about earlier in the se- earlier in the show, Kevin Fiala was a product of the Nashville development. And in Nashville, he didn't get along with the coach, so he got sent to Minnesota, and he's played well in Minnesota. He's actually developed into a better player in Minnesota because he actually had minutes, he actually had time to get on the ice. Um, and I think also, too, is in Nashville as well, in the past few years – They've been in that Stanley Cup window they thought they were in. So they, they, were, they weren't necessarily wanting to develop players. They were wanting to make sure that the guys that were on the ice were the ones being developed to get to the Stanley Cup. And they just weren't going over the hump yet. So I think that's the main reason, too. I mean, I think that Cody Glass will be a good player. I think he will be a solid center in this league. I could see him be a, a second-line center for the National Predators. It just takes time. It's like Ellie Tolvanen. Tolvanen did not see the ice for quite some time. He will be one of the first... If if he does, if his career pans out the way National Predators think it will, um, he will be one of the first forwards in the organization to actually develop within the National Predators organization as a forward, as a winger, um, and be successful. And So, so what you're saying in all of that is... Ras comes in and you guys win. <laughs> From one fit to another. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, with Nash, UC Soros has been playing great this season. He, he's he's played, been played playing a lot well. Better than he did last year. Yes. Um, especially in the beginning of the season. I mean, usually it's in the beginning of the season. He comes out slow. Um, he just doesn't look the way he usually does within the middle of the season towards the end of the season. Um, the two biggest things that he had issues with was beginning of the season and the playoffs. <laughs> that, that, like, in between is fine. In between is great. The middle of that sandwich is fantastic. The bread needs to change. This year, the bread in the first half has changed. It's changed in the start of the season. Now, what's going to happen to the bottom piece of toast? Like, I don't we know, have but... to see. I mean, depending on, yeah, what, what's happening with your piece of toast? Uh, it will have to see if, if he'll be able to flip that switch in the playoffs this year if they make it to the playoffs. Which as of right now, they're only two points out from, from first place in the Central Division. Say, um, they're playing really well. It's really close. It's really, really close. A lot closer than we thought it would be. Um, and Colorado is gaining ground on everybody. And they have games oh, yeah, well, in hand as well. Happen. We knew it was going to happen because there's such an offensive threat. They were going to get their game together. Um, but and yeah, their goaltending was going to come around and, and get a little bit better. They were going to yeah. get healthy. They, they had a lot of health issues earlier in the year. Um, but, but they're also a team that can make moves because Colorado has youth. <clears throat> I, I actually think Colorado needs to take a step back. They need guys like Byram and Makar to, to get this year under their belt more. And try. I think Colorado needs to make their push for next year. 
I, I think they're realizing too that they gave up too much in in letting Grubauer go. As as much as I, I'm not a Grubauer fan, but he fit what they needed. He You're fit Grubauer fan? fan 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 fan. I'm not a fan of Grubauer. Okay, I don't think I he's good. Finn at first, and I was like, ah, no, I, I don't. I don't look finished to me. But I, I don't think he's as good as Colorado made him look. Um, and I, I actually, I thought, I, I, I believe I mentioned this to you. I thought it was a mistake that Seattle was hitching their wagon to him because his career numbers are they're okay. 2.4 goals against average, 91.8 save percentage across 230 games. Okay. But that's that's not, you know, there, there needs to be more. And going back to John Hendren's comment of Yossi for Norris, it can happen, certainly, especially, I mean, we've seen it before the time he did win the Norris was when they didn't have the offensive firepower on the ice like they thought they were going to. He had to step up and be the leader of the team. As of right now, Duchesne's kind of leading the team offensively. Yossi's leading the team defensively. Um, he can easily win the Norris this season if he continues his strong play. BLT sub. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was waiting for him to take a breath. <laughs> are, are we are we looking at Subway? Are we looking at Quiznos? Are we looking at like who are oh, we looking Quiznos. at? Quiznos. Oh, no, just, just a mom and pop shop that I have. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can give him a shout if you want to. I mean, hey, there's probably some people that would love to go there. No, no, it's okay. Okay, great. <laughs> um, um, I don't need anyone else more. making my food take longer to get to me. <laughs> Clearly, they're understandable. Uh, understandable. DoorDash? No. Just no. regular delivery. Mom regular delivery. All right. So, not there satisfying enough to, to give them the shout out for the food. No. No. In the 1985 Honda Civic. Yeah, well, no. See, HBBLT sub uh, would imply that he's still waiting for it. Yeah. He'd still be waiting for it until after Christmas. <laughs> still after Christmas. Would be, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's our fault. It It'd be a little cold by the time he got it. But. No, I, I think Philip Grubauer was a product of his surroundings in Colorado and the fact that he is now 5'8 and 1, 3.18 goals against average and 88.2 save percentage. I, I don't see it getting any better. I, I just don't. And Seattle's defense isn't bad. Like, I think they're like on paper going into the season, when you looked at their defense, you th- I figured that was their strong suit for Seattle. You uh, would have thought. Offense. Well, I mean, Seattle to find a strong suit right now for Seattle. Well, yeah, and now that we're playing, not yeah. playing well, but right. Alexiak, Vince Dunn, Larson, like there's, you know, Hayden Flurry. There's, there's talent there. Exactly. And we, and we saw Jeremy Lozon plenty last year up close. He can shut down when he's, when he's on his game, he, he's decent, right. but that five, 5.9 for Grubauer, that's going to come back to bite him in the ass. Yeah. Um, Colorado, though, they're going to be searching for goaltending. We've been talking about goaltending. Imagine if you need it. a goaltender. Well, let's let's face it. Flurry, we've mentioned. Rask, we've mentioned. Yeah, um, was, uh, okay, John saying back to Edmonton. Florida Edmonton is completely reasonable, but I don't think we... I, uh, but I don't... Uh, but I think we can see their way playing into a playoff spot, Chicago, unless they decide to fire sale Kane and Taves as well. That would Ooh. be interesting. Very. We've discussed that too. I mean, last year we discussed it with Kane and Taves if they wanted to go somewhere else and be uh, win a cup somewhere else because they kind of saw the writing on the wall in Chicago, or if they wanted to sink with the ship, 
because that's where they were drafted. That's where they, you know, that's their hometown is They're going to get to do what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that Chicago would give them the keys to the to the organization. The problem um, and is say, the money. Just, yeah. True. Yeah. How much? Name, how many years does uh, Taves have left? Um, I'm going to pull up Chicago right now. So one or two? Because I feel like that's going to be the player out of the two that would be harder to move. I mean, I feel like you call anyone today and say, hey, do you want Patrick Kane? People they both have this year and that. next year at 10.5. Yeah, I feel like Taves would be the harder one to move just based off of what he... The seat. Yeah, but what, you know, he him taking the season off and this and that, some people might be a little bit more iffy on bringing on the 10.5 and might look to kind of be able to spend it elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Um, especially a contending team. I don't, how many contending teams out there are going to be able to bring on 10.5? Not well, named we Vegas. Saw, we just saw Vegas do it. Yeah, not named Vegas. <laughs> I mean, I don't see a lot of well, contending teams. Unless and, they were to retain, which I don't know. what. I mean, maybe. It's only, what, a year or two? It's this year and next year. They might retain. But, I mean, I, really I, see Kane, I see Kane going easily, you know, with no retention. The issue, the, the question that I have too is the team that they go to, depending on who it is, almost immediately, with the exception of whether it's Vegas or Arizona, they're instantly more of a contender. Name a team in this league that's not Arizona or Seattle that one of those two players could not help elevate to a cup level type team. Not maybe not necessarily this year, but with that name being brought in, who could they attract for next year in the last year of their deal to go all out and get there? If Even Chicago if Chicago really was doing this um and they were willing to retain even 3 mil, even 3, 2 or 3 mil for the last year, year or two of his contract, I, if I was Boston, I would call. I'd call with the 10. I'd call with the 10. <sighs> it's going to be harder to make it work, but with one of those guys, how do you not? DeBrus can't come back, and Bergeron has to take hometown a discount. big hometown discount for that right. to work. But if you're bringing in... If you if you go to Bergeron and you say we're bringing in Jonathan Taves so that you don't have to play as much, you can be our center, our two C, and our two our second line becomes Marshawn, Bergeron, and Smith, and your top line now becomes Hall, Taves, and Pasternak. You it. really think that he's going to sit there and say, you know what, I need more than three million? Even if he was playing on the first line, still, I still think he would take less to play too, like that four three four mil it's just i know that slides coil down to c3 right right away john's throwing a wrench into things as well saying that bergie's going to retire next year maybe i, I think you get two more years out of him once once marshan's contract is up is i think what he's looking at yeah i mean it's interesting because honestly i didn't think that Krejci was going to retire at the end uh from the he didn't well yeah, he's retired. not retired. He, Although, yeah, he, in a sense, he's retired, but he could still come back, of course. But I mean, anyone can retire and unretire. I mean, Brett Favre did it exactly. Yeah, Favre, um, yeah. 
But times. him, no one expected Krejci to leave the team. Um, maybe there was some out there who were like, oh, no, I saw this all along. And I understand that from his comments that he made, but it was still kind of unexpected. Um, he just got Hall. Um, you know, it, it, it seemed like they were going to really go for another push for the cup. <sighs> I mean, it's not inconceivable that Bergeron could say, you know what? I've been playing on this team since I was 18 years old. I have a family. I have kids. I'm ready to settle down and relax. Shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. When's the forget. last time he's played an 82 game season? Think about it. Yeah. No, I know. I It's going to come. And let's, let's face it. Rask, Krejci, you know, uh, uh, Krug, you know, Brady for the Patriots. Like this team, this city, they're losing their big names. Big it's just a matter of time between but between now and when it's uh, Bergeron, even Martian to a degree, he's only a couple years younger. Thirty-three. You know, so yeah, as John point points out, long time. Already been in the league for nineteen years. Yep. Uh, he's over a thousand games played. He doesn't have anything left to prove. Although I, I think he, I, I think he wants that Selkie. <laughs> That selkie record? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. He's gotta. He's gotta want that bad. I don't know if this year he'll get it though. I really. So at, at this rate, I don't think he will. As I we're nearing this... the end of the show, I just wanted to bring up this as well. We have a trivia question this week as well that I just got. Um, so yeah. we're gonna have the trivia question. This is brought to you by Hattrick Hobbies. Since John has been popping up in the comments a lot tonight, I'll give him a shout out for this as well. Um, but the trivia question before we get into our next topics or talk about this one still um is sorry i'm covering your face kevin gordy Howe holds the record as the oldest player to play in the nhl how old was he when he played his final game Ooh. in the nhl so that's a trivia question if you get that question correct put it in the comments below and we will send you cards from your favorite team brought to you by hatrick hobbies Make sure to message John on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, he's I'll always more than happy to talk that, to you about, uh... <laughs> about the hobby, about cards. So um, the, the question is, Gordy, how holds the record as the oldest player to play in the NHL? How old was he when he played in his final game? Let us know in the comments below. And whoever gets the answer first gets uh, cards from their favorite team. Brian, I, Brian I, I know this one. It's uh, Johan Franzen. Oh, yes. Oh, that's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yep. Flashback to a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah. But yes, so whoever answered that question, we'll get that. I'll take it down so that uh, we can see Kevin's face still. So, real quick, John also made the comment here. Uh, he had the cup favorites as the Panthers with Coach Q. Now that Coach Q is gone, uh, are they no longer the favorites? No, they're not. I didn't think they were the favorites even with him, to be honest. Um, he definitely helped. He definitely oh, helped. Absolutely. They definitely are, were 100% contenders. Well, I mean, they still are. Yeah, they still are, but I never really had them pegged as favorites. I could understand why someone would have them pegged as favorites, though. Um, for me, honestly, going into the season, I had the Islanders pegged as my favorite. I don't like, really know who not to trust it. with our money when it comes to gambling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Five wins, okay? They, they get points in 40% of their games. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm i with John here. I don't think they're the favorites anymore. I mean, Coach Q, I mean, that was, I said it. I mean, I said Quinville coming to that team is a scary acquisition uh, for everyone else in the league because Coach Q can bring a Stanley Cup to Sunrise, Florida. 
with his, with his pedigree, with his experience in the Stanley Cup um, before in the playoffs with the Chicago Blackhawks for so many years with those star players um, and having the the core players he has in Florida, um, Ekblad, you got Sergei Bobrovsky, who's been playing out of his mind this season. Swallowing um, goaltending. Yeah, Pound I mean, game again. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that. We, yes, John, we know you love Matt Barzal. Yeah, um, but and just so you know, John, if you make a comment about 2015, <laughs> I'm not pulling it up. <laughs> but um, Coach Q leaving that team made it to where they are no longer favorites in that division. So, so let me ask you this then. The top 10 teams right now in the entire league, points-wise, in order, Carolina, Florida, Washington, Calgary, Toronto, Edmonton, Rangers, Tampa, Minnesota, Anaheim. Who's your favorite? Who? Because it, it, are they really going to come from the middle 10? I just don't, I, I don't see Florida keeping up this pace the entire season. They don't have I just, to. No, but the thing is, though, there's going to be decisions that will have to be made from the coaching staff when it comes to lineups, when it comes to decisions on the ice, when it comes all sorts of scenarios that happen. Coach Q was perfect for that scenario. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think anybody stepping in to fill the void of Coach Q in that organization is going to make it to where they'll make the perfect decisions they would have had Coach Q still been on behind the bench. I, I think that at the end of the day, they're going to fall off somewhere, somewhere down the line. We've seen it before. Before Coach Q was there, what was this team? Oh, I know. Middle of the pack. I mean, middle of the pack. And and I, uh, arena that was always half full, <laughs> if that, where you get tickets behind, the, but, you know, six rows behind the goaltender for like 50 bucks a piece. That was the Florida <laughs> Panthers two two seasons ago. Them's be the Panthers we all know and love. Yeah, and that's what we're gonna find out when you know since Coach Q's no that longer that no longer there unless they get a big name in the offseason or unless they get a big name sometime during this season. Um, I just don't I don't see it happening. So then, who, your- I was uh, sorry, real quick. I was gonna say. So then, who's your who's your pick as of right now to to take the cup? Name that list again. The top ten. Well, first let me, let me uh, pull it back up while Kevin makes his his comment. Sure. Yeah, it was to kind of answer that question. I honestly don't know who to say the favorite for the cup is this year. I don't. I I don't have one team that just fully just sticks out in my mind. I really don't. I agree with John. Just not the lightning again. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't see them. I, honestly, <laughs> I don't see them making it past the second round this year. I think. I think they're gassed. I I really do. I, I actually think the surprise team to actually legitimately worry about is Calgary. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. not forget that uh, Daryl Suter has a couple cups. And their goaltending is playing amazing. Yeah. What a surprise. Actually, not really a surprise for Vladar, in my opinion. I thought he played really good last season, other than that one game against Washington where he had an AHL defense in front of him up against right. Backstrom and Ovechkin and Oshie and right. you yeah, name them. I mean, and, and they literally were not at all trying to win that game. No. There was no effort. Vladar was really good when called upon last season, and I can totally see why he's doing this in Calgary right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And John said that he's saying the dark horse from the the East is the New York Rangers. I mean, could you call them a dark horse, though? The Rangers? 
with the players they have on that team, you call them a dark horse? With the injuries the and with Lafreniere. Well, yeah, Lafreniere, if he can find his game, I agree with you, John. The problem is, is Carolina, Washington, first off, right there in their own division. Pittsburgh is going to be a tough out regardless. The Islanders, they're going to beat them up. Florida is going to beat them up. They're going to be a damaged team going into the playoffs. And then they also have to get through either Florida, Toronto, Tampa, Boston, Detroit, one of those teams. They're going to be banged up. Boston's not looking like too tough of an out in the playoffs right now. It doesn't help that they're five games behind everybody else. No, yeah, it's not the points for me. It's the eye test. It's just, you know, it's not all there yet. They're missing something. But. They're missing I, a lot, I, but so are a lot of teams. Yeah, I would honestly I, – I think the Rangers, in my opinion right now, seem like they have a better shot at winning a cup than Boston at this point. Like that's well, yeah. from my – from the way I look at it. Um, I don't know. For this I year, like, I would agree. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, sorry, but even Dylan's more realistic than that. Pre- hashtag Preds for the cup. Even Dylan's uh, more realistic. <laughs> hashtag yeah. trade us to Shane. I mean, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, I, I think that we would probably see a deal for, again, I think Johansson would be the one that would go out first. I'll take Johansson. Um, I think Johansson would probably be the guy that, that we would He'd make a first. good C2. How many years left on his contract? Do you know, Dylan? Too many. Uh, several. Several. <laughs> yeah, he still has several years left I'm at good. $8 million. So, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm good. And, and that's the big thing, too, is like we're having to look at, you know, Philip Forsberg and – What's going to happen with his contract? What's going to happen when he wants to get a contract into this year in the offseason? And, I mean, with it saying they're, they're talking about, you know, three to five years at $8 million a year or something, I mean, ugh, I don't know I if don't we can do that. that. Um, no. Especially no. with his injuries. Um, and apparently some of his no, injuries have been concussions as well. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. I mean, he's not really having that good of a season, is he? Well, he's been he's out. Right. He's been out. Um, and he was he was playing well before he got injured, but he got injured. And that's it's true. I had like, him on my fantasy team, and I dropped him, and I just never looked. Yeah, give him six for six. I, I don't think people would, though, be, would be upset for six for six for him. And also in Tennessee as well, when it comes to state income tax, things of that nature, it's a bit better for a player to get that contract here than it would be getting an $8 million contract, say, in Montreal, um, because they're not going to get that much money from that contract because of taxes and things of that nature. Um, So, I mean, I think we'll work it out, but moving somebody like Johansson in the offseason, if we we do make a run to the playoffs this year, we probably get – out and unless unless something drastic changes, we're not going to be making it past like the second round this year in the playoffs. Um, I just I think it's just a developmental year. Um, and moving somebody like Johansson would be good for us to get that money off the books, use it for Forsberg, but then also use what's left over from the the difference there. Um, if we can get something like six seven million for Forsberg instead of the eight million a year, um, I, I think that would be more that'd be easier to swallow. Especially we get one we get rid of one of those those centers. Um, but yeah, I don't think Duchesne's going anywhere. Do you even want to make the playoffs this year though, Dylan? I didn't. Um, I, I, I mean, again, the that's team not his, plays. That's not, they, that's not Poyle's formula though. No, it's not. Uh, Poyle's formula is playoffs or it's not a successful season. Right. And I so mean, he which wants is... to have, he wants to have a continual successful organization. And so with that, he thinks that every single year, regardless of the situation in the organization, regardless of the future of the organization, we need to be winning and going to the playoffs every single every single season, even if it's just a first-round exit. 
Which yeah, before that- our playoff, our Stanley Cup final run that we had, that's what we were doing. We were getting out of the playoffs first, second round. Like we, the furthest we went was the second round before 2017. Yeah, and that's a good mindset to have. I think that that's a good mindset, but sometimes it can be detrimental, especially when you know that it might be time to kind of retool a bit, you know, do a competitive rebuild. Um, and this is the draft. This this draft and next year's draft is the year to do it. Yep. And well, especially, I mean, I think in the offseason, too, getting rid of Victor Arvidsson, getting rid of Ryan Ellis, we were getting rid of some big pieces that the National Predators have had as cornerstones in the organization for a few years now. So once those moves happened, I kind of felt as though Poyle might be going in a different direction, might be getting to that point to where we're saying, you know what, we do need to make some different, different changes in the organization. Um, I, I think as of right now, I think Coach Hines is coaching pretty well for the organization considering the players we have on the on the bench um and also philip forsberg not free agents for fantasy huh. like know. free agents not, to pick up for fantasy you know, I, right I now think, i think he wrote that when you mentioned that you dropped them sorry um, you dropped, oh okay never mind um for fantasy. Yeah, anyway uh, sorry go I, on i think that i mean i just think that david Poyle's uh coach hines is coaching well with your with the players there on the bench not having Philip Forsberg, still producing at a high level, still winning at a high level. I mean, they're six, three, and one in the past ten games. I mean, most fans of the Predators wouldn't think they would have gone in that stretch without Philip Forsberg on the ice. So he knows how to coach these young players that are playing really well right now for the organization. Um, maybe they think they can make it in the playoffs with this core, with this group that they have right now. If they can, great. I mean, I, if we can get to the Stanley Cup. By all means, do it. That would far exceed my expectations for this season. Um, I still think that it would be a sec, at least a second round, if not a first round exit for the Preds if they went to the playoffs this year, though. But so, do you have like a shred of hope that this team could possibly make it to a cup final? Possibly. I still think goaltending is an issue. Okay. I, I, I think that at the Too end good. of the day, I think this team yeah. is... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think this team is leaning. It can lean too heavily on UC Soros at times, and I don't think that he can be the answer there in Nashville long term. So, so so John has a point here. Uh, The Ducks being the surprise team of the year so far. Uh, He says he picked up Terry off of free agency for fantasy. Oh, that was his his comment. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Uh, But yes, John, I'm coming back to that comment. But the Preds just beat the Anaheim Ducks last night, three to two. Just still picked up Terry though. I was Sorry, just doing a little bit of, of looking up on the Ducks. Right now, they have $14 million in cap space. Oh, I know. It's scary. $14 million. If you're the Ducks, how do you not go to Chicago and offer them three first-round picks for Kane or Taves? You can oh, take man. on the entire contract, and you still have breathing room. Wait, how old are those two players? I forget. I, I uh, let's see, God. Chicago. They're, they're close to the same age, right? They are both thirty-three years old. Three first-round picks. Oof. That's that's a lot. If I that's was a-, a fan of the Ducks, or I was someone who hired my general Start with manager. Two. Start with two. Yeah, and they gave three first-round picks for a thirty-three-year-old, regardless of who it was. I would definitely be questioning. But here's the thing: look at their numbers for this year. I know I have Kane on my fantasy team as well to plug it again, my fantasy team. But um, 
<laughs> well, you're the only one playing it, so you know. <laughs> but no, but, fine. Start with uh, two firsts and a third. Like I wouldn't be pissed about that. You're gonna I have think, to overpay for a cornerstone franchise player who's been there for over a decade. You're gonna overpay if they're not selling him. Absolutely. If they end up selling him, though, you probably could do a first, a good prospect, a second, and maybe a roster player. I'm, I'm, I'm asking. I'm at least picking up the phone and asking. You got to look at what Eichel just million. got, and then kind of go from there. I think. John Thank saying Zegers and Drysdale are title. already already top three level A prospects, so three first round picks. I'd I'm still not. Do it. I, I'm not doing Zegras. I don't think. No, no, no. He's saying. No, he's saying. Can, can you, you have those guys? Yeah. You, oh, okay. You have those two pick. guys. You can take care of the three first round picks just by keeping those guys. I mean, the three first right, round so, picks. Won't so do let's much. say it's let's say it's three first round picks for Taves and a third. But the thing is, as we've all three said, this draft and next draft are the drafts. Yeah. No. For who? For Anaheim? No. They have, they have. They have. Here's the issue. If I'm Anaheim, I want to give up those picks because of these coming drafts. Because these players have all had a year to two years off of the ice. You don't know what you're going to get. They are the biggest question marks that you could possibly give up in a draft pick. Especially uh, those late first round picks. Well, I'll tell you one that's definitely not. And if you have a chance, even a slim chance of at being a lottery pick and getting Shane right, I mean, that kid is going to be good. I mean, first and second for Taves, three first for Kane. Taves not worth that. Taves is worth three first. I, 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 I agree. Fine. I agree my point though is, is if you're Anaheim, you can take on the ten point five that no one else can. Absolutely. You're contending. You are they're in what second place right now? Third place. They're three points out of second behind Edmonton. They have the goaltending. Stolars and Gibson. Gibson is you, so good. You can upgrade Stolars if you want to. You don't have to because you have Jonathan John Gibson. Right. You have the youth. You have you're you're enjoying the fruits of having sucked for so many years. Yeah. Go and get a guy like Taves or Kane who can lead your team now open up the window much sooner than you thought. If all it's going to take is questionable draft picks because you don't know what you're going to get. They're not going to be a lottery team. I get what you're saying. If you have a shot at being a lottery team, no, Arizona should not deal three first round picks for Jonathan Taser or, or anybody. They're not going to know what to do draft picks. But what's funny though with Arizona is they're not going to know what to do with their crazy amount of cap space nor their picks. They anyway. don't know what to do to get a link <laughs> so, to play in. So they, they just need to go. They need new management. They need new ownership. They need a new arena. A new maybe. arena. A new city. <laughs> a new planet, maybe. Mm. They just need new everything. They need everything. I hear new. Quebec. I hear Quebec's really nice this time of year. Oh, yes. <laughs> absolutely. I hear Quebec's really nice for this type of sport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. But and, and think about it at Calgary. Who's who's Calgary going to be able to go out and help add Edmonton? We've been saying it for how many years? They need a goaltender. They need a goaltender. And yes, we've talked about Rask. We've talked about Flory. Um, I think they should try and call Dallas and try to poach somebody from them. They could easily pull two million dollars for Braden Holpe. And then you have um yeah, you have two guys. I'm I'm blanking on the. Uh, I want I wanted to say Koskinen, but I know that's not right for them. 
Um, Which team? Uh, Edmonton. Oh. Um, They've had Smith and um, what's his name up there for a while. It's going it, it, it's gonna come to me, but I'm just going to go look it up because I can't think of it. Uh, I wonder if they call Buffalo about Koskinen. Koskinen. Smith and, and Koskinen. And they haven't done anything for him. If those two guys were good enough to win this team a cup, they would have done it already. Do you think Buffalo would move to Karski? I think so. Let's not forget they've got Devin Levi in the in their pipeline. Yeah, they're still rebuilding for sure. So I think if they could get something for a guy like that, who they're, I mean, he's been he's been playing pretty well, but who knows if he's going to pan out to be, you know, a number one guy. If you can hope sell he, high on him, he has a cup. He brings somebody in who can who in the playoffs has proven <laughs> John give give him Linus. I don't think that's going to happen. Even even if he if he didn't have the no move like the full no move for the first 2 years. I mean and and you brought back to Garask. I mean, I could totally maybe see that happening, but with that full no move, it's just never going to happen. I think that I I would not mind seeing them flip him to Colorado though. Yeah, but I just don't Colorado, see Colorado Colorado doesn't have goaltending past this year. Um I'm pretty sure they're all their guys, let's see. Uh yeah, Kemper's gone after this year, Johansson's gone after this year, and uh Pavel uh Francis is done after this year is uh, right now too and he's on LTIR. Yeah, I think the reason why Omar signed the deal though one of the biggest reasons was because he wants to be here and he needed that security with the full no, no move in the first two years because oh, of the sure. threat of Tuka Rass coming back. He for said sure. to himself, I'm not moving my family to Boston and going through all of this for Tuka Rass to come back and you guys deal me somewhere I don't want to be. No, and, and, and yes, it would help with the money. I don't see them doing that. I, no. I think they would rather stash Swayman in Providence, let him get more time to develop. And yes, he's playing really well. Mm-hmm. But if you can get him another year and a half in Providence, then you're golden with Swayman. Then you can the say move. confidently that you don't have Carter Hart coming through your pipeline who yeah. has to take a year to two years to refind his game because you, you know, you overplayed him. You know, and, and and let's be real. Spencer Knight is going to keep that Florida team competing for a very long time. They've got Bobrovsky there under contract for a long time. You've yeah. got really good goaltending coming through. Campbell looks like he's going to play well for Toronto for a very long time. Detroit has Nedeljkovic now. You you mentioned Buffalo, Tukarski. <laughs> yeah. He's playing well. The team yeah. in front of him is the team in front of him. That's not his fault. We saw it with yeah. Linus Olmark and Tampa Bay. They, they. Last time I checked, they have a pretty good goaltender too. Yeah, they're pretty okay there. They don't even need a backup at that point. They need someone they can throw in every ten games to hopefully be able to pull out a one goal game win. They need Jake Allen. Yeah, they, I mean, let's be real. They, they, they're they're not asking for very much. John is asking you. Dylan is Askarov still two years out. Yeah, 2023 is the first year he'll be playing for the National Predators. So, 
I, I, but which and, and that's that's what they keep saying. Uh, KHL, you know, they say let's let him develop there. He'll play there till twenty twenty three. He's only what nineteen now, eighteen, nineteen. Um, yeah, he'll yes. be developed. He'll be ready to go once he comes to the NHL. Though he will be starting probably day one for the National Predators. I mean, that's the, yeah, that's what you need him for. Yeah, I mean, and again, UC Soros is a serviceable guy. I think he'll he'll play fine. It's just that I don't think he's the long term answer. And Connor Ingram, he should be the backup goaltender there in Nashville. But with everything that's happened in the offseason for him or last season, um, heading into this year, I mean, I, I think he needs to have more looks than he has. I guess that they thought that David Riddich should come in um, and be the backup for UC Saros. But Connor Ingram has been playing great in the AHL. Um, he was the the best goaltender in the AHL two seasons ago. Um, last season, he was one of the better goaltenders up until he had to leave and went to the pro, you know the NHL program, things like that. Um, he's played once for the National Predators so far. He played well. So uh, hopefully he'll be able to have some more ice time this season as well. If we're talking about young goaltenders, though, Chris, I have a hot take for you. I Let's think Kyle it. Kaiser is going to end up being better than Jeremy Swayman. I can see that. I know that they. I've I've liked what I've seen from him. Um, yes, John, that's because you John. wanted to draft for two years from now last year. So nice job. Um, no, I, I, I like what I've seen from Kaiser. I think their long-term plan for when Olmark, I think they want Olmark to be dealt in the last year of his deal. And yeah, to be or able even to second to last year. Kyle Kaiser up that year. So yep. their plan is to have Swayman and Kaiser or be able to deal Swayman. Because you can get a huge return for and him. That's exactly where I was getting at. Because I mean, I know it's unproven, but Kaiser to me looks and competes the same way that Swayman does, but he's more athletic and he has more gumption. He's got more want gumption. for the puck. Mm. Gumption. Yeah. Mm. You, you like that, Dylan, huh? Love it. <laughs> Love that word. That's great. Um, and also, we re- we'll revisit the trivia question too, since no one a- answered the questions. We're about to be off the air. 52 years old was how old uh, Gordy Howe 54. was on his last game. Yeah. I knew that. I just didn't want to say it. I wanted to say 52 it. 52 years old. So oh, this way, I, no one won cards, unfortunately. But interesting. John. send him to Kevin instead. John, come on. Yeah, because, I mean, he, he filled he in. Us, I mean, hey, he filled, he, us, he's he filled, filled in. Um, I'm actually checking real quick to see how um, Kaiser measures up to swim and when it comes also, to – while you're doing that, I had another topic to talk about. I had a graphic yeah, for it and everything. It. I was very happy about this graphic. And then go ahead, the see world the ended with my laptop. Anyway, um, the graphic is the Devil's Wear oh, Brodeur. Jeez. Those jerseys are weird to me. I Isn't mean, that a great graphic, though? Look at that graphic. It is. Oh, it's a fantastic The Devil graphic. Wears Prada. The Devil Wears... Never mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> Marty Brodeur actually designed them. Isn't that really? crazy? Yes. He so is design them. We like it. What What are our thoughts? Do we like it? I mean, when I first saw Jersey, I thought they were referring to the Jersey. And I was like, that's really weird. Like, why are they just referring to the Jersey? Oh, they're the New Jersey Devils. That's why. <laughs> when that's I just, first, it's strange. When I first saw it, I thought it was a promotion for a company that makes jerseys. 
like, 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 like other people, like you know, for your fantasy leagues or for your you know whatevers. Or it's like the Hulu com- the Hulu commercials with Baker Mayfield when they're like the random football team and they just have like the random jersey. That's why I thought it was. I was like, <laughs> yes. oh, this is another Hulu commercial. It's but a obviously, I I mean, I like the color con- combo of it. I I just don't like sure it's their jersey. I, I just yeah. don't like jersey. I hate I, it. It's weird. weird. I hate it. I at hate least the... put. At least put New Jersey. I hate Don't the reference. Just New Jersey. Jersey. Put New Jersey on it. Just put Make New it a Jersey. Little smaller font and put New Jersey at the top. That yeah. would have made it better. Or, yeah, but... or use that font and write Devils. Yeah. Hmm. I hate the referee stripes on the shoulders. This looks awful to me. Um, I don't know. I'm just not Probably a, a throwback to when he first started playing in the league. <laughs> Yeah. Well, special surprise guest tonight. We have Marty Brodeur popping on. I'm just kidding. Um, what up? <laughs> what up, guy? <laughs> you dog in my jersey. Your jersey man? sucks, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh man. Uh, um. Yeah. But they they wear Brodeur now. So first ever third for that franchise too, and this is what isn't it that is. crazy as well? Like, yeah, it, it's mean, crazy. That's the first one. Yeah. Even, even the National Predators had a third jersey in 2011. Even Vegas, Vegas has a third jersey. Well, that's a reverse <laughs> retro, actually. So I think that oh, doesn't true. count, does it? But, yeah. Well, the fact that they well, made one, though. Yeah, but then that would have counted for New Jersey as well. You know, they, do they, they have a reverse retro? They went retro when they weren't even around three years before that. <laughs> and they pulled it off. Like, that's the other thing. They pulled it off. It was a successful jersey. Personally, one thing I'll say. Back one. I think it's just because people are Vegas fans. I don't think it was a successful jersey. Like, what, what, how do you, how do you, how do you measure it to be a successful jersey? Jersey. Okay, sales? hold on. We've ugly. seen really bad jerseys. We've well, all yeah. seen the. We've all seen the Pittsburgh Steelers bumblebee jerseys. All right. Oh, I mean, those, those are god awful. Austin Bruins have their Pooh Bear jersey, which but are since, fantastic. Stop. But the thing is, since Vegas <laughs> doesn't really have a history. They don't have a history of a franchise. Any third jersey they have is going to be somewhat similar to just their current jersey. It's an awesome jersey. Thing, it's, not, it's not. With the red? Eh, it's similar, it's, though. I don't it's like still similar. I don't, know. I, I don't think I don't I don't think their reverse retro came out very good. I mean, it's just their third like it's like their secondary logo with a red back. I don't know. It's just I, I think I think the team that won the reverse retro, though, has to be Colorado. Absolutely. Uh, I loved the Ducks retro jerseys. Okay. It was good. It was good. They're, but it I loved that jersey. It wasn't the same. That low that throwback logo. Oh my god. Incredible. Yeah. Mighty Ducks. It was good. It's good. But it they should good. have done the regular Ducks logo, in my opinion, because then it could have been an actual patch opposed to a screen print iron on, because there's no way you're patching that on someone's jersey you know, what they currently have. Um, but how have you not brought up the mustard cat jersey yet, Dylan? What's your problem? We were talking about bad jerseys, and you have not brought up mustard cat. Sorry. Oh, the, 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 the original jerseys. The original jerseys we had. Um, they were, I mean, they grew on people. I mean, I don't think they were, like, they were pretty awful when they first came out. Um, it's, still just, pretty awful. it's one of those jerseys, like, people love to get those jerseys just because it's it's the history of the Predators. Um, I mean, I loved I loved the retro jerseys we had last year. I mean, with, like, the kind of grayish, the, the silver gray kind of accents on it and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I really like that jersey. I mean, I still love the blue third jersey. I wear it 
every other week usually on this show. I like um, that one. The, the blue, uh, I love it, and it's probably one of my favorites. I, I have a feeling there was a teaser in the National Predators season um, schedule preview there was a teaser of Nash going to his closet, putting up different jerseys for different weeks. And so he was putting up like gold jerseys for the home games, the the white jerseys for the away games. And then when he was putting up the Stadium Series jersey, there was a dark blue, like navy jersey shirt. We don't really know. We think it was a maybe a tease as to what the Stadium Series jersey might be. Um, and if that's the case, if it's a navy blue jersey, I'm, I will be the first in line to buy one. I'm sure every National Predators fan out there will be in line to buy one because they have been scrounging for a navy blue jersey for years. And, you know, since that You're third jersey we had, yeah, I mean, people are already waiting in line for that. So I, I will I, say I Carolina, Carolina also hit the nail on the head with the reverse retro as well. Um, Don't tell Jack Edwards that. He'll flip out. Throw him back to the good old Hartford Whaler days. Yes. Um, but speaking of the third jerseys, um, you guys remember when the Flames had the the um, the horse head? Yeah, the flaming. Yeah. Flames oh, coming yeah, out yeah, and the Calgary. Marshals. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, yeah the Calgary good. one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kings had the purple jerseys with the the crown on it. Yeah. We'll we'll have to Actually, do some sort of. I think this is a. I think it's an alternate name for the new Seattle Kraken team. Um, the Rain City. Yes. B penguins um need a third jersey or just a first pigeon. i mean I, I, pigeon yes, i'm sorry pigeon which um, is how is that I, a new nickname for seattle Kraken versus the pigeons i don't know um i i still think that their jersey is good it's just their it. their their main crest their their jersey logo it is massive it is it's massive huge it doesn't need to be that big and i remember when we were doing the um the show for the um we the talked draft. about it then too i was mm-hmm. like is it just me or are those logos ridiculously big for no reason no they are, they are. <laughs> and also also is mark giordano the reason why calgary wasn't winning up until this year I mean, they weren't playing very and mark giordano going to seattle coincidence they start playing really well in their first oh, and, and, division and, right now and let's not mention the fact that seattle blows <laughs> well, yeah. i mean god he's their captain fuck. like <laughs> I, I think First there might goal. be a correlation there. First goal in history, Ryan Donato. So there you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which I wow. called on Twitter, by the way. I really did. I remember I that. Did you see that? I, put I think so, yeah. An hour before he scored the goal saying, who scores the first goal in Seattle Kraken history? Ryan Donato or Ryan Donato was your choices. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. That's awesome. Total luck. Um, John's saying Manahan going to the fourth line on a first liner. Yeah, but but no, I, I, I do think there's something to what you were saying about Giordano. I, I think so, too. I really think so, as well. I mean, I, it, it cannot be a coincidence. They get rid of Giordano, and then this happens. I mean... Did it give somebody else time to show what they could do on the ice? Was it that, or was it just maybe he's literally holding the team back? Maybe. Maybe so. Only time will tell. But Minnesota, I mean, time will tell about Minnesota as well with Kevin Fiala. I mean, there's a situation there. Is it Kevin Fiala's fault? It looks like it is now because he's been to two organizations. He's had problems with the coaching staff and so two organizations. Picked, so, so you're familiar with Fiala. Who, where do you see him fitting that they could unload him? 
I, I, I think that any team that needs offensive help will pick him up and There's see a what happens. Teams that need the offensive help. The question is, is where's he going to be a fit? And that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I think that Which a team, team will doesn't pick him have up. A coach. <laughs> uh, true. Florida. Yes, well, yeah, yes, he's going to Florida. <laughs> I mean, really, if if you think about it, if if he wants ice time, great. I have the perfect location for you. The, the Buffalo Sabers. <laughs> Sabers, Seattle too. I mean, Buffalo Sabers. I think that what we're seeing their true colors now. They're like middle of the pack, which I think yeah, I don't they're, think they're, they're going to go. They're, they're floating down. They're floating down. I don't think they're going to go back up. I think I the only way they can go is down. I don't think the Buffalo Sabers fans need this in their lives. I think they should just kind of. Well, no, it would, the give them, it would give something to cling on to as to it why would. they went back in the shitter. They a should young, go for Fiala and Evander Kane. Yeah. And Evander Kane? Ooh, this yeah. is a good one. We haven't really talked about Andy this Van- it, Because now it gives it gives them something to say, this is why our really, really good start went to shit. Because they went out and they got Kevin Fiala and Evander Kane, who are completely useless, cancers on the team, and it blew everything up for him. Do it now before it's too late and you're already in the basement. Give yourself a built-in excuse. Hmm. Sorry, Evander Kevin Kane's got all excited about me mentioning Evander Kane. <laughs> well, yeah, because we've yet to talk about it. And for me, it's like, where is Evander Kane going to go in order for Hurdle to stay in San Jose? Yeah, well, yeah, because if Kane stays, Hurdle wants out. Mm-hmm. So where do we think he could go? I mean, I'll uh, tell you. John, uh, I'm sorry. John's saying Eichel's a cancer. I I, I don't think I don't so. Think I'm not ready to say that. Not ready to say think, it yet because. I think I mean, he, he wanted his surgery Vegas bad yet. enough. That's a little bit different. He wanted yeah. the surgery and the team said no. I actually think that that is going to come back during the next CBA uh, negotiations. I think that's going to be a huge issue in the CBA negotiations. They, they're not leading it to be, to, to be that right now. But I think that rubbed a lot of players the wrong way. I don't know if they'll be able to get it, though, because it's like at the end of the day, these teams are paying them a lot of money. And if they want to do these, like, I'm not saying that his surgery was risky, but if they end up wanting to, wanting to do some risky procedures, you know, it might be kind of tough for, you know, there needs to be an option for the team to be able to be like, okay, cool. We, we're not paying you your contract if you it ends up that you can't play anymore because of this risky surgery. Uh, right. It has to be something like that. I think like there's that. a way that they can get it in there. They just have to be willing to actually work on it, right? And get there. But no, like, I, I I am not ready to say Jack Eichel was a cancer in <laughs> Buffalo because Buffalo still sucks. The whole point yeah. of a cancer is is once they leave the organization, i.e., Mark Giordano, now the organization does a lot better. Well, we can say that we can question that about Giordano now. Because of how well – it's not like they're middle of the road, fourth place, fifth place, and they were seventh or sixth. No, they're a first-place team looking like a legitimate cup contender with maybe a piece or two on the back end, you know, a depth piece that could be needed. They're they're making a, a, a real push. Yeah, I think San Jose is now starting to realize that Evander Kane is coming back soon, and so you're starting to see a little bit more of – that cancerous effect creep in and now all of a sudden they're down to fifth and if they can relieve themselves of the cane situation i think you'll start to see them kind of come back around i mean let's let's 
let's not forget that this team, that there's a lot of players who have spoken out about Kane. And we were just talking about Hurdle's comments. How many of them are sitting there going, if, if he's back, I'm out. Or, you know, like, how many of them? John jumping one and more time in. Speaking of Calgary with Markstrom, what the heck is wrong with Vancouver? Shit show. I think they're just still learning. It's a very, very young team. Let's let's not forget how young <laughs> Vancouver is. I think we are seeing the New Jersey Devils effect in Vancouver right now. What yeah. do you guys think? I mean, how I don't know. I really been, don't. How long has the coach ahead. been there? Uh, I think the current coach of Vancouver, uh, uh, Travis Green. I'll check. I mean, because I mean, at the end of the day, how many times have we said this is a young team? This is a young team. They're they're learning. This is a young team. He signed a four year deal in 2017, 2018. So, no, I mean, the past few years, we've been kind of giving that excuse to Vancouver saying they're a young team. They're they're a young team. They're a young team. But when is it too too many times we say that? Why, Why is that coach not getting them over the hump? That's the well, biggest thing. When when we say they're a young team, though, Pedersen, 23, Bosner, 24, Bo Horvat, 26, JT Miller, 28, Connor Garland, 25, Pearson, 29. Uh, let's see. Dixon, 26, Tyler Mott, 26. Uh, getting into some of the, the lower depth pieces here. Quinn Hughes, 22. Ekman Larson is 30. That's the first player that I've mentioned who's hit the age of 30. Tyler Myers, 31. All right. Uh, Tucker Pullman, 28. Luke Shen, 32. Brad Hunt, 33. Their oldest player on this roster is 36 years old, and it's our good friend Yaro Halak. The backup goaltender is their oldest player on the roster. But if they're, if they're, if they're constantly a good team, okay team, too good team, and they're not making that developmental step every season like we think they should be, then what do you change? I think it's the defense. I, I don't think they're, they've ever really been, as of late, a very good defensive team. No, and, and when you look, look at those names, Myers, Ekman, Larson, Hughes, those are offensive-minded defensemen. Exactly. Can, can we give them Forbert? Do you put that on the GM or the coach in yes. not putting somebody up there? I put that on the GM for not getting de- defensive enough pieces. John's probably saying they should be better than what they are, which they I should agree. Be. They should They're be. 100% they should be. They, should they be. also they have $2.4 million to play with. They have the ability to go out and make some moves. They also they have a couple guys. They have four guys on LTIR right now, and they've buried... 1.8 million for the next two years of uh Hamannick's contract. So right now they they do have a little bit of dead money coming up, but their their main pieces, and I mean, depending on where they're at, you've got some interesting names coming up that you could look to move. Tyler Mott, 26, 1.2 million dollar contract, UFA at the end of the year. Alex Chasen, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, UFA at the end of the season. Um, let's see, you've got some RFAs that, uh, let's see, Brock Bosner, I know he's 24, 5.8 million. He's an RFA. 
my my concern with Vancouver is was Garland really worth bringing on OEL's contract, who I don't think is really helping or is going to help that defense as like it needs to be helped. They do have the retained salary portion. It's like less than a mil, though, isn't it? It's not much. It's like point seven something or nine something. It's not much. I, I, I still I, think I, something needs to change. I mean, like it, we saw the change in Vegas with Jargalant. He was not having success for a few games, and they said, "We're axing him. We're getting another head coach in here. We're going to be successful. We're built to win." Same in Chicago. All they did in Boston too. So what? What? At what point is Vancouver going to have to say, "We need to make a change somewhere," and our roster is is not bad. Our roster is not this bad. Like they, we shouldn't be sliding down the standings like this right now with the players we're putting on the ice. So some, a hat's going to have to fall uh, in this scenario. I mean, I think the easiest thing to do is is to get a new head coach, but that's just yeah. And and it's easy to say Oliver Ekman Larson hasn't been worth the contract that you brought in simply because in he's got the he's got four points. He's playing twenty two minutes a night. You saw his comment too. I did. Yes, I'll use that. It's fine. <laughs> How effective are those minutes? Right, but you also got to remember too that he's not playing. He's probably playing against the tougher offensive unit allowing Quinn Hughes the better offensive matchup because you got to remember too Forbort was playing 22 minutes a night in Winnipeg and that shouldn't have been happening either I just don't see OEL as the type of guy if you're if you have that contract first off I mean that's just one of those things that you should be that guy that is dependent upon if he since you have some of his salary retained you can retain some more and 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 flip them. What's he got? Six years left. Oh man, too many. Uh, let's see. One. He's I want to say six. Here. One, two. Uh, he is done after twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven. It looks like. Oh wait. Yeah. However many years it is, five, six, whatever. Um. Ah, yikes. I mean, it depends on how much you're retaining. Yeah, 26 I mean, 27 is the last year of that deal. Would you take OEL for even even at like six right now? Six mil per for the next six years? On either on either team, Preds or Boston. Who's his defensive partner? What's what's the rest of the team look like? That's <laughs> See, well, I don't know what your team looks like in your team, so that's mm-hmm. where the question lies. I I would rather personally see Boston use their money somewhere else. Um, I they have between McAvoy, Grizzlick, Riley, even Zboril is showing an ability to move the puck. And yeah, then I want to see what Zboril can do before have, I start going top four route. Yeah, and you also have your own puck movers coming up through the system. Jack Ashan, you've seen some stuff from. Vakanainen is this still there. Is that what you just said? Jack Ashan. <laughs> Jack Ashan, yeah. <laughs> and then you got, um, you also and have Lorai. And then you uh, mentioned Brady Lyle. Yeah, you got yep. Lorai. And then and Lorai that you just drafted too. I don't think you're as desperate going forward in those next five years as you were two years ago. I agree. 
Now, what about you, Dylan? Would you take OEL for six mil, six years? On I think team? as long as the National Predators can figure out how to <laughs> not turn the puck over in the defensive zone. No, well, that's all. I think, that's I, I think that's, so there you go. That's where that out. That's one. E- that's the easiest thing that we could do for the Predators. I think that we should spend our money somewhere else um, besides another defender. But I mean, I, I think that I think as of right now, if we if we fix the issues of defensive turnovers in the defensive zone, as we're trying, like they're just trying to be too cute with the puck. They're trying to shoot it out of the out of the zone, uh, do long stretch passes, and it's just getting intercepted every time. Uh, it, it, it should it should literally just be the Boston Predators and the Nashville Bruins at this point because that's exactly <laughs> what we deal with, <laughs> like yep. literally. <laughs> yep, it's it happens way too often. There are way too many takeaways just because of that. Um, and so yeah, I think that we should just probably spend our money elsewhere and just fix that. I don't know if we need to get a new assistant coach that can. Uh, teach the defensive better. I don't know if it's just because it's early in the season. They're still trying to mesh and trying to figure out their game for the year. Um, but that's something they need to change. I'm trying to check and see. Between Pasenak and Marshan alone for, for giveaways on our team. Oh my God. I don't need any more. He's. Uh, Ekman Larson will get bought out. That's what I'm thinking. Because if you buy him out, you have a couple bad years at 4.6, but the rest are manageable at 2.2. Yeah, yeah, it'll take you through 2032. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but oh, here's the God. thing. It, it, it sounds it's like a, a Shea Weber contract to me. I was, I was actually going to say Rick DiPietro, but yeah, that oh. works too. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Two, I'd rather retain two, half the salary for six years and send him back to Arizona. <laughs> Take him back. Here Arizona go. already got rid of him. Good luck talking him in. You're sending a first-round pick to go back with him. Besides, by the time you deal him back, you're dealing him to Quebec. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Uh, I, I, I just – I'd rather have – let's see, what is it? One, two, three of the ten will be at 4.6. You'll have one year in there at about twenty nine thousand in cap. Oh wait, hold on, it's split. I I apologize. Well, this is this is the Vancouver side of things. I'm looking at the Vancouver column. If you buy him out, you uh, you affect Arizona too. <laughs> Arizona gets hit with some of the cap hit as well. Their big wow. cap hit though is six hundred and thirty four grand. So they won't be that pissed. No, they do, won't be pissed. Do you think Dallas signs him to a four uh, four year four mil contract? After he's bought out, Dallas. Well. Yeah, I'm just going off a of suitor. I'm going off the whole suitor thing, where they're just like, you know what? Yeah, worth the shot. to give you four. Was he making four mil over four oh. years for four years, or something like that? By the way, for those who are still watching, this is what would have happened if we ended the show an hour ago. We would have yeah. just kept talking. This is oh, it. Yeah, this is it. So, <laughs> so we'll do that. We'll wrap. Um, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us on this um, weird extended evening. edition. Yeah, extended edition. Um, you know, we, we appreciate you stepping in as the you know co-host for a little while and staying with us as well. We appreciate that. Um, but the biggest thing is for this evening. The biggest takeaway I have for this evening is if I do not have a new laptop in this house. By December 7th, HP, you can puck off.